are back with the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. So I thought it was interesting, uh, at, after the mimosa mingle this morning, our, our kickoff speaker, the professor from Wharton, I thought he did a really great job telling us about ways to differentiate branding, but in the customer's mind versus just uh, putting it on paper, but actually digging deep in the customer. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Uh, his first example of, of which one's tastier, you know, he put up a picture of broccoli versus a good old American hamburger. And, you know, no matter how we want something to be, um, how much we would rather enjoy something. I mean, there's sometimes this um, inverse proportion to what's good for us and what we want to do. Very good um, information to look at and to be introspective about as we consider our marketing messaging. Obviously, needs to be tasty, needs to be attractive. And um, differentiation has been the, uh, the name of the game. So far at the conference, we're talking about how to um, stand out amongst our competitors. Good news and bad news is we're all hearing that, so we're all going to differentiate maybe the same way, maybe together. Maybe we can find out some ways to um, spread out the market a little bit. I think a lot of the market liked his panda butter example with the panda standing there really oddly looking at you and then smashing up whatever you were doing. It was hilarious. Can't turn down the panda. You cannot say no to the panda. Uh, and with that going, we've had some very good conferences, uh, very good breakout sessions. Start off here from clients, satisfaction, measurement, and innovative strategies. Uh, what are you seeing out there in the marketplace these days? You know, in the bank marketplace, as it, again, this is, a, this is the, the thing we're hearing over and over from this conference. It's about differentiation. It's about customer experience. That when that person walks into a bank, that they interact with your app, they interact with your website, what are they walking away from that experience with? My personal take on it, my three-part step for interaction is being, you can be overwhelmed, you're going to go tell people it's exciting. You can be underwhelmed, you're disappointed, so you're going to go tell people because you were disappointed. Or you can just be whelmed. It can just be acceptable, and you're not going to tell anybody. Just whelmed. Just whelmed. Is being whelmed, uh, is that where banks are right now? Are they just whelming customers with their advertising, do you think? What do you, what do you hear as an agency with banks you see from the customer research you do? Is it just whelming, or are we finally getting there with our bank marketing? You know, you, you hear from some standout uh, banks that, that really can overwhelm a customer. Uh, honestly, it doesn't take a whole lot. You know, that's the thing about a bank being, um, you know, a commodity, the, the similarity from bank to bank is when somebody can really hit a message and stand out, um, it really resonates with the audience. I agree, and, and I thought a good, a good part of the conference was our innovation showcase as we started to eat today. We saw, I think, five or six vendors, but they all had very different products. None of them were the same, and they all gave from bank education. Uh, one was, a, I believe, a marketing agency, and one would did innovation with payments and digital marketing. I think they all had a different area, but it was a good way to find out different, different things. Look, you know, you have quick hits of, of five just um, great vendors, quick hitting us, getting us um, kicked off with um, some great information, just um, spreading um, the field wide, you know, getting us excited about what we're gonna see here. And um, fantastic um, info to get us kicked off. So we're, we have a, a, the best first possible guest we can possibly have 
is one and only Mr. Rob Nichols. He is the chairman, president of ABA. What's president your? and CEO. President and CEO of ABA. I mean, this is the man of all the banks. Not marketing. This that's just like this much. This is the man right here. I, I, I'm. I speaking of overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. It's great to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you as well. Thank so, you. So I know you're addressing the conference tomorrow. I believe. Yes. Tell us a little about making making banking. I'm going to sound like Donald Trump here. Let's make banking cool again. Let's make banking cool again. Yeah, absolutely. Give us a little preview of your, uh, oh, your talk be, tomorrow. I'd be very happy to. So it's a very exciting time uh, for our nation's banking sector, as you know. I mean, we have a lot of challenges ahead of us, certainly, you know, on the regulatory standpoint. But then we have a lot of opportunities, too. And, and the key one that I'll focus on tomorrow is uh, these 84 million Americans, the millennials, those born, of course, between 1981 and 2000. They've just overtaken the baby boomers. There's the largest chunk of our nation's demography. And they have varying attitudes about the banking sector. I mean, we had the banking crisis, so you have some millennials that have maybe some skepticism or concern about a career in banking. But we need to make banking cool again. You can have a wonderful career in banking. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and how we can attract, reward, retain the best and brightest in our workforce. I think that's really, really Really important um, and then you know pre-financial crisis if you looked at surveys and asked hey what do you want to do with your life what do you aspire to be what, do you, what career do you want to pursue when you come out of college and it's you know medicine banking law finance but then ten years later you know we're not so high in that list anymore so we'll talk a little bit about that certainly we talk about fintech the whole the rapid convergence of banking and technology products is going to be something we'll kick around um, you know I have two young kids that are 10 and 11 years old and I, you know when they're adults I don't know how they're going to receive their banking products, but I know it's going to be a lot different the way that, than the three of us today yeah. do. So that's something we'll talk about as well. Uh, and then also we'll talk about what we're doing to talk about and tell the story of America's banks from a CSR standpoint, an economic growth standpoint, a lending standpoint. Banks are doing, obviously we've had a rough couple of years. We all get it. But you know what? They're doing wonderful things in, in communities, all across the United States. So those are a, a, a handful of things that I'm going to touch on. Rob, I was in a discussion with actually some of my millennial employees. Yep. Um, we have bank clients, um, Renaissance Bank being one of those, the main one of those, the, the bank client. It just seems that there, within that millennial age group, there's a misunderstanding because of financial crises about really how important the banking industry is to our economy. Um, and really understanding the example I gave to our group was, do you understand how your bread gets to the table from a farmer being subsidized, buying seed, and it's sustaining him? So do you see this as you go out and are evangelist even down to that, that, that micro level to these to the millennials? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, great point. There's a lot of frustration among that, that demographic set, obviously. I mean, they have, on average, about $29,000 of student debt. They're living at home at a really high percentage. At least the millennials right now are living at, in their parents' basements about 34%. Historical norm is, you know, well, well south of that. And their labor prospects aren't so good. So I do think that, just as you said, providing that connective tissue and making it really tangible about what the deployment of capital and credit mean for a community, for a family, um, and then also for the employee. I mean, I, I want to, my, you know, the, the dream, what I aspire to be is to have these two million women and men who work for our nation's banking sector all go out and talk about how they're making their communities a better place, how they're serving their clients, you know, and helping America grow. I mean, the, the inner, there's, I mean, there's wonderful careers you can have in the United States of America, but the intermediation of capital is, I would argue, far more powerful 
and transformative in people's lives. And tech is cool, healthcare is cool, energy is cool, don't get me wrong, those are all wonderful careers too. But in no other career can you take the massive aggregate savings of the community or the American people and deploy it in the form of risk capital. So if John here's got a bright idea, you can take that idea and turn it into reality overnight. Absolutely. And it's really powerful and it's gotten lost a little bit. So we'll talk about that tomorrow too. Right, that, that every career you could have, every startup, every tech, everything, is still supported by the foundation of the banking industry. Not only that, but did you say two million <laughs> two, employees? There are two million employees that work in our nation's banks, that's right. right. And, and, and again, it's that intermediation of capital that the banking sector does that is so important. And it's first among, in terms of looking at, you know, we want to have our GDP numbers not start with ones and twos anymore, as they have for the last few years. Right. We want them to start with threes and ultimately fours. A lot of things need to happen, but kind of first among equals is the banking sector needs to do, needs to do what it can do to deploy that capital so people can take an idea. That's what, that's what you know, bank capital does, an idea, and turn it into reality. And it's really powerful, and it's fantastic, and it's so needed. So, total agreement. Obviously, I'm a banker and work for a bank. What do you think marketers can do to help better tell this banking story? Sure. Um, I, I think it, it not only from a marketing standpoint, but even from like a grassroots advocacy standpoint, always trying to bring it local. All politics is local. All marketing is local. I think when you can really talk about what you're doing in the community, tell stories. Obviously, we keep the privacy of, of, of you know, all of our clients uh, where it needs to be. But acknowledging that when you can really get local, I think that is a, just a huge uh, starting point for any good marketing campaign. Make it, make it local, make it relatable, and tell that story. So, and also, this is the marketing conference, but we have another big conference coming up in Nashville as well. Pitch us a little bit on the, the ABA Big Boy Conference, as I, I call it. I am so excited. So, first of all, my wife is from Nashville, so anytime I get to come here, I get to see in-laws and my extended family. My brother-in-law is here uh, tonight, uh, somewhere in this room. And it is really, uh, it's going to be a fantastic convention. I think we'll probably have 1,300 or so senior bank executives from all across the United States of America who are going to be here. Uh, about half of those roughly are going to be bank CEOs. We'll probably have six or 700 bank CEOs all across the United States here in Music City. It's going to be super cool. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about advocacy. We'll talk about our America Banks campaign. We'll talk about millennials. We'll talk about fintech. We'll infuse uh, the whole event with country music and lots of bands will be playing, which will be super cool. Um, it's really, it's really timely. We'll be talking about also a, a lot about uh, succession planning and how do we get you know the new workforce in. Um, we're going to talk about CSR. We're going to talk about some of the really cool community development award projects that are all that have been happening all across the United States. We're going to give out some pretty cool awards. We have an astronaut who's going to speak, which is going to be really cool. Uh, it's, it's, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be really fun. So did you get in town today or last night? I just night? got in town about half an hour ago. So you haven't gotten your Nashville fix yet. This I, is, this I, is I, the first you, stop. This is the first stop. Not only is this event the first stop, you are the first stop. Uh, I've, just, I've literally been here for half an hour, and uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. Uh, we have a huge turnout. This conference is maturing and becoming super sophisticated, and we're really trying to tailor you know, the, the, the product to make it tangible, approachable, helpful. And so when you leave this event uh, in a couple of days, you know, you really got some good ideas that you can implement and execute on in your bank. So, well, Rob, tomorrow we're going to blast this podcast out to all the bankers who should be jealous of us right now mm -hmm. that are sitting in their offices. They start work on Monday. 
and they should be here. What what can we tell them to begin to plan for next year and even, you know, yeah. w what can we do to compel well, them? I'd say that with all of the headwinds facing the banking sector, everything from the, you know, the low interest rate envir environment to some of the regulatory and legislative challenges that we have, and, and yes, even some of the reputational challenges, you want your bank to break out and be distinct and be seen apart from its competitors, you know, as well as non-bank competitors. And marketing is a huge part of that. It's a huge part of that. So if you can send you know, your senior marketing team, your junior marketing team, and everyone in between, and they leave this event with just but one bright idea that distinguishes your bank in the marketplace and gives you a leg up on your competitors, it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. I want my whole team here, and they're not, they're not just bank marketers, they're general marketers. Right. The wealth of knowledge to be gathered from this conference is, is insane, especially you know, this is a big conference, the biggest conference, but when you go to other marketing conferences, it can be overwhelming. It can be even more people. Right. An intimate group of, of very like people who have like struggles. I think it's a very, um, a very great thing, wonderful thing that you guys do and make available to, to bank marketers. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. I really appreciate what you're doing as well uh, by spreading the word and, and it's in this wonderful channel, of course. But I'm really excited. It's going to be a fun conference in a wonderful town. I think it's wonderful that, and, and great that it's here just a couple of weeks, two or three weeks before the, the, the larger convention. But this hundred people here. This oh, yeah. is not, this is not oh, yeah. a small gathering. It's not at all. It's not at all. And, and let, me, let me say, I, I, I work for a Mississippi bank. We did our fly-in about two, two and a half weeks ago. And uh, just to echo the, the thanks you gave, ABA was great. We had a great briefing with them. We set up, we went up and visited with our congressman on the Hill and our, and our senators, and they gave us a great briefing. James Ballantyne prepared us sure. for those meetings. Uh, so ABA is doing a great job, not only with the marketing conferences, CEO conferences, but also just with advocacy for the whole industry. So we appreciate what y'all do from our end to get us prepared to fight those battles uh, because we're local. You know, we lend money. We just want to lend money, take deposits, and be a security blanket for our customers. But y'all prepare us for the bigger issues that we need to fight. So thank you to ABA and what you do. Well, I appreciate that, and I'll take that word back when I head back on Tuesday. Um, one thing uh, that is really important, not just from a marketing standpoint, but you touched on a little bit, is, is getting the employees involved. I mean, the fact that you came to Washington is fantastic, but my, my experience at the ABA, I haven't been CEO that long, as you both know, just eight or nine months. Uh, in my experience, it's more the senior people, you know, at the bank who are involved. And one get of things, everybody here. Well, that's yeah. what we're trying to do is really how do we get the teller, the compliance officer, officer involved in public policy? How do we do that? We're thinking about new ways, both using social and digital media and everything in between to, to get those rank and file employees involved in the public policy conversation. You obviously want them as marketers. You want them to be evangelistic about the brand and about the bank. But we have this huge untapped asset. We have two million employees who, by and large, aren't involved in the day-to-day -day public policy advocacy and engagement part. And I think given what's happened in Washington, I think one of the key lessons for me is we need them all involved. Right. We and need letting, more voices. And letting them know that they can be, that, that, yes. that it is effective, not only effective, but it's needed. Right. It is needed. It is. Yeah. And other industries have done a nice job of getting their rank and file labor force involved. So we, you're going to take some lessons learned from other groups. But we have two million people who can tell wonderful local stories about what their bank is doing, particularly community banks. You know, community banks provide so much of the capital and credit to make a small community thrive. That's it. And they're wonderful stories that they can tell, putting aside the fact that they sponsor, you know, give money to the hospital and the Little League or a church or what, whatnot. Right. Awesome. Well, Rob Nichols, we appreciate having you CEO of ABA and 
the head of the whole deal, came by for his first stop. So we at uh, Marketing Money Podcast really appreciate it. Thanks for having us in Nashville. We look forward to maybe seeing you again in the next few weeks at your CEO conference. And oh, thanks you, for all you do with ABA. You will. Thank you very much for having me on. Appreciate Let it. me crash your uh, crash your podcast. No, right. You're the first guest, so it was awesome. Woo-hoo, that's yeah, great. It's great. All right, guys. Thank you. Look forward to hearing hope, you tomorrow, by oh, the way, too. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful time in Nashville. Thank yes. you. All right, thank guys. You. All right, we are back with the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. We are here now with the very handsome young debonair, Hunter Young. Say hello. Thanks. Yes. He's he's the marketer every man wants to be and that every woman wants to be with. Hey. When you got it, you got it. I can't disagree. When you got it, you got it. All right, Big Hunter tomorrow, Hunter Young will be at 10 a.m., Talking about data and using data, and go ahead and uh, give us a little preview of the of the show tomorrow. Yeah, so you know we we've been talking yeah. about data. It's been a hot topic for a few years, and you know w- w- my goal in this particular session was to actually talk about something practical, something useful, something that every bank from 200 million in assets that doesn't have a team of PhDs to a bank that's 10 billion in assets that actually has some other research and other data help uh, on their staff can use too. So um, it, should give, it should give a full spectrum of ideas and practical use Excel of data. spreadsheets, just using a spreadsheet. Yeah, no, we're, we're gonna go a little bit beyond that. We're gonna go, we're gonna take it to another level, but I, I think it's less about the vehicle and more about uh, strategically thinking about what you have on this plate of information that you have in your bank uh, and then actually creating action off that. Hunter, you know, one of the things that excites me and impresses me the most about this conference every year, one, great speakers who are in the industry, so you fit both of those, but then this, the, the ability and the desire to give, to give us actionable items, to give us tactics, so we appreciate that. So as we look into this, kind of what can we, um, what can we, you know, two or three things that we can walk away with that we can do um, after we attend your, your seminar? Well, one thing you're definitely going to get is you, you're going to get the, the view, the advantage of how can I think about my bank and all our systems as assets of information. So we got two very talented fellows on the panel uh, that both work for data companies uh, and work with banks large and small, and they actually can talk about the approach. So half the battle is gosh, I got all this information, I have no idea where to start, let's break it down. Uh, the second thing I think that, that's probably one of the most important pieces of this, this is a cultural, like many of the things talked about at this conference, this is a cultural transformative type of activity. A lot of times when you go to a CEO and say, I need to pony up $50,000 for data, he's gonna say, why? Why, why you gotta do that? Uh, and the, uh, there's process involved, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of activities you have to do to really extract the type of good, insightful information you want to extract, and uh, we're going to talk through those as well. So, Hunter, big data—that's what we're talking How about. How big? How big is it? So, 
you know, over the last half decade or so, we, we, I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening about big data. You know, it, it, it's come on the scene as a word we use, but, uh, you know, before we started rolling, you know, one of the things we talked about was data's been around. I mean, since the 70s, since the 60s, we've got all of this information. I mean, whole lives spelled out. Well, and out. banks have all the data. That's what I'm talking about, banks yeah. specifically. But the problem comes into using it. So, so speak to that a little bit about, this isn't a new, this isn't new. No, the, the terminology is new and fun and everyone loved the term the last five years. I don't care if it's big, small, or medium. I, I care that it's helpful, insightful information that you can use as a marketer or you can get on your front lines. And so I think that's uh, uh, one of the areas that we can glean the most from our core systems, we've got marketing systems, we got uh, web analytics, we have marketing automation systems nowadays, uh, we got online banking, that's, that's housed in a separate area. Uh, you know, it, the connected view of the customer, which has also been talked about for some time, uh, this is just applying good data practices to that uh, and finally actually doing something with it. Without giving away too much from the session tomorrow, is there a story you can tell us about how you personally, how this has been transformative within your bank? Yes, I can. Uh, I've spent the last three years trying to make our frontline employees more data savvy. And it, it's been a mission of mine. And the, probably the, the biggest challenge, honestly, was the, the lack of basic analytical skill in the branch employees. Uh, they didn't view, they, they viewed things for the last hundred years as this is a guy I know from church, this is a lady I know from the supermarket, uh, I know them. And I, and I, and I never want to take that away from anybody. I never want to say just completely be data focused, don't think of anyone as anything other than the number you see in that spreadsheet or that table or that report. So I never take that away from them. But what I explained to them was these are, this, this report or this information in conjunction with what you know about your customers can be used to ultimately deliver better service, deliver something that that customer may not have realized that you even knew about them and they needed. And uh, that has been something that's come into play in the last few years for me. So tell me this, uh, move away from the data stuff. What's the hottest thing in bank marketing or that you think for you is hot? Is it, and, and I like the new geofencing, I like you know, addressable advertising, and, and you gotta have the data to do that. What's the hottest thing going yeah. right now? Uh, another fun buzzword that has data behind it, personalization. That, and that, that's, that's something I strive for. Uh, I don't want, one of my goals is, I don't want a customer who banks on their tablet and needs an auto loan to come to my homepage and see another advertisement for the next month for a HELOC loan. What in the world does that do for that customer? What, nothing. It does absolutely nothing. We live in a world of relevance and timeliness, and you're telling me that we're still sitting with static advertising, static web pages, static customer experiences, and not delivering personalization to them? I think Hunter just got me fired up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm dropping the mic. I'm done. Yeah, drop, right, it. Well, drop it. Before you drop it, let's go into this personalization. Let's go to the negative side of it with two things. And let's address those. One, quotas, as of the, the recording of this podcast, very dirty word around banking. 
your frontline employees don't want quotas, they don't want sales quotas, it's led to some bad behavior, you know, at some different times. And the other thing is, you know, addressing privacy because people begin to worry about that compliance gets their, their, their hackles up. And, and you know, here, here's what I talk about when I, when I talk to bankers who get worried about this. One, nobody's interested in hearing about banking. So this is a magic, what I call a magic box. So when you can use this, instead of giving them this big long spiel that we can personalize it to something that actually is relevant. But let's talk about that for a little bit, about what, what, what you face with, with both privacy and, and how this drives quotas and how we can be healthy with those expectations. Yeah, I think, I think those are both valid concerns. Uh, on the quota front, I think that's a cultural issue, number one. Absolutely. I think, I, I think if you don't, if you set yourself and your employees up to only be thinking about that and all the metrics, everything runs back to that, then yeah, you're going to have a cultural problem. Uh, on the privacy issue, uh, I think there is a softening happening and continuing to happen uh, for the customer uh, around, well, if you know me and you know what I truly want and you deliver that relevance to me, then I'm actually, you're actually going to earn some more trust from me. Absolutely. You're more likely to then give more information. And, and look, for everybody listening, we're not talking about broadcasting this out to the world. We're talking about, like you said, somebody's looking on a tablet, we're using trackbacks, cookies, things like that, but this is still a one-to-one -one interaction, whether it's in branch or outside of branch. Is that correct? That's exactly right. And I, I think it, if we do it in a way that actually makes the customer say, gosh, this, is, this makes... When I go to your website, I feel a heck of a lot better about what I'm doing. Um, it, ultimately, you, you're going to earn their trust because I know, I mean, you can talk about a millennial, you can talk about gen whatever. Uh, more and more people are demanding the on-demand content, et cetera, in life. Why can't our, our bank marketing be the exact same way? And this happens even subconsciously and unconsciously. You just, you build trust through that. You do. It's exactly right. Yeah. So let's do that. Well, we have with us finishing up now Hunter Young, and he tomorrow is going to deliver. He's going to drop the mic on the big data myths and the, the way, I guess, you can execute big data in your bank. Because banks have the data. They may or may not have the talent to do it, but that's where we come in with ideas. And then finally, uh, the execution of projects or campaigns to deliver useful tactics on the data. And learn, to, learn how to bite off, bite off how much you can chew. 10 a.m., perfect timing. We can't talk about data at 8.30. We cannot no. do that. That's yeah, not. and at 5 o'clock, I don't want to talk about it, even though we are kind of talking about it. Five we ran there. the analysis and discovered that. Yes. This Excellent. is personalized for everyone that's going to be in the room. <laughs> I love you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Hunter. Hunter, appreciate it, man. All right, so this was day one of the ABA Bank Marketing Conference. I think it's going pretty well. Absolutely invigorated right now. I mean, when, when, when we consider what we do and we get up every day and we go and market a bank, it's very good to come back and, and again, be with like people, to, to see those people with the same struggles, the same opportunities. I mean, you're going to talk to somebody and have a conversation in the hallway and aside that could be absolutely enlightening, sometimes as enlightening as a session, not to knock those, but just as good. But then you've got, because you've got this um, kind of groundswell of thought around this, great environment to be in to be thinking about what we do every day. And for those that are not here that might listen on this, you're missing the chance to meet with most vendor, if not every vendor that 
can help impact your marketing, whether it be digital signing, signs, analytics, signage, branding, direct mail, geofencing, you get the emails, calls, all of it. You get the calls from the vendors. You get the emails from the vendors. This is very important to be able to look them in the eye, talk to them, make comparisons, walk across, look at different ones, and be able to say and make, and make a better and a more well-informed decision on, um, on what you're doing for your bank. Yeah. Meet these guys, talk to them, see what they're about. Get their cool little swag. I'm right next to a booth with some little plush lines with magnets in their feet. They're pretty cool. Yeah, and you've got packed house, 700 people, all trying to just be a better bank marketer. Hey, and let's not forget, and why I'm going to take a break in a second, chopped pork over there with homemade biscuits, and there is a drink counter between here and there. So um, this is a pretty happening place. This is a great fun conference, a rewarding environment to be in. Absolutely fun in everything that you do. All right, we're coming back in about three minutes. We're gonna have some more guests, talk more about bank marketing and the conference. All right, three to five, because you need five. With the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. And right now we have Mr. Scott Hunter with MX over here. Scott, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing well. We're uh, trying to get some different conversation around bank marketing, obviously at the ABA Bank Marketing Conference here in Nashville. Uh, I'm a little familiar with MX and kind of the analytics and data you pull to help customers figure out their budgeting and where they spend their money. So here is your short sales pitch Tell us about it. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me on. This is a great experience. Um, at MX, we've done a lot of things in the industry up until this point about bringing digital money management uh, to the end user, uh, partnering with financial institutions. We want to make folks' finances as they should be, you know, fi- financially strong citizens all across the country. So how we do that is we have a data platform that we built. A lot of, it's all in-house. We have a huge engineering team, about 35 to 40 developers that are constantly working on next phase banking. And what we're doing now is beyond the digital money management solutions, the bubble budgets, um, the insight and target marketing analytics capabilities, is really focused on helping banks and credit unions clean their internal data. And we can do that in multiple layers, or multiple ways, I should say, whether they want to code up to a RESTful API or just send us a flat file. We take that data, we cleanse it, comes in about 95, 96% accuracy. And then depending on the institution, some have marketing platforms that they want to utilize that data inside of, which is great. We send it to them and they make actionable data out of that. Others need our support with our insight and target capabilities. Now my guy, Stevie Wonder Mabus over here with his uh, MX glasses on, repping for y'all. Looking sweet. Looking now, I'm all about the swag, <laughs> and so there was swag and an opportunity to snag that swag, <laughs> so I did. Scott, you know, what I love about MX as, as a product or, is that, you know, it has something for the consumer, 
a very needed financial literacy, financial understanding, financial analytic um, um, service that you provide the consumer through the bank, and then the bank gets a benefit from it. So, I mean, we talk about win-wins. MX is, is a win-win when a bank utilizes it correctly. I'm curious as to which side it started on. I mean, tell us a little bit about the genesis of MX as a business, and I mean, where, where did it come from? I'm interested to know. Sure, no, absolutely. So, we have a very passionate vision and mission at MX, and it's really to help, like I said earlier, citizens globally get their finances in order. And to best be able to do that, we're doing our part by making awesome technology, and we utilize financial institutions for the outreach. And for any partnership that you get involved in, in any phase of life, there has to be a win-win there. So as we clean and aggregate data, the banks are really getting something that they've never had before. And it's actionable capability to help their end customer, whether it's a member or an account holder. Is there a sweet spot as far as the size of institution that, that where MX really plugs in well, or is it? I wouldn't say there's, well, yes and no. For some of the smaller, more regional sized banks, we can still work with those banks, but it really comes through our partnerships that we've established through you know, digital partners, online bank, mobile providers. The and, the, and the core providers. And the core providers, yeah. absolutely. To be able to stand on those shoulders and, and give those services through those core provider systems. That's right. Because a lot of those size banks really concentrate their resources on banking and knowing their customers. They don't have the budgets to really put together an IT department to where they can concentrate on technology like we are. But I think the key word is y'all are a fintech provider. That's I mean, it. That, that's it. Y'all are a fintech. Y'all are the, the data fintech folks for the banks and, and the consumer. So. And then for the, you know, some of the larger size institutions, we have the ability and we do have more of a direct relationship there. All right, uh, so closing my session here with Scott Hunter of MX, is there anything you want to pitch at the end here or tell folks to come see or, or what's your, Absolutely. give me so, your pitch. Well, the one thing I would like to, everybody to know is we just won our sixth Finnovate Award, best of show, uh, two weeks ago, which was awesome. We're six for six when we've presented there out of 10 years of Finnovate. Um, the other thing is, we unveiled a new solution that we call Power Switch. And it's all about letting the institution capture interchange revenue from their customers. So I'll leave that as a little tease. Come by our booth and let's talk. Absolutely. Right, One final Hunter. question for okay. me. One final question. So is this your first ABA Bank Marketing Conference? Yes, it is. So, so tell me what your take is. I mean, as you're, as you're sitting here and, and, and enjoying this, what would you tell bank marketers you know, why do they need to make sure that they come to this event? Well, it is my first, and I'm about <laughs> an hour in. <laughs> You're minutes in. So I'm working the booth pretty hard right now, but I'll tell you what, the venue's awesome. The, the buzz and the energy from this room is really impressive, and there's a lot of different offerings. Absolutely. ABA really does this well. They really do. So I'm really excited to get in some of the sessions and see what it's all about. Awesome. Hey, things. for those who aren't here, give us your website. Website is www.mx.com. There we go. Scott Hummer from MX. Thanks for coming by. Good luck on getting some sales out there to some make marketers. We appreciate you coming on Marketing Money Podcast. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it.
All right, we're back. We're back. Marketingmoneypodcast.com at marketingmoneypodcast, as we'd say, .com. I'm here with Dave DeFazio of Strategy Core or Corps? Core. Strategy like Peace Corps. Core, yeah. like the Peace Corps. Yeah, uh, Mississippi. Where, hey, where I got to ask because I'll get it wrong. Yeah. So I'd rather know ask. is to not know. I just ask. <laughs> so Dave's also on the ABA Marketing Conference Board with me. So he yeah. puts in the time and the work to make this stuff happen. He's also given me my favorite ceramic travel mug from Denver, the Denver Conference. I saw you That's using right. that the other I day. I use that thing all the time. I love it. My Strategy Core mug. Contribute right. to the cause. So, so Dave, I've seen you pitch a lot at these conferences, and, and you're good, by the way. Excellent at it. Thank you. But so podcast a little different, broadcast a little different. Give the ones listening that aren't here, and then as well as the folks out here, g- give us your two minutes on Strategy Core. Tell us a little bit about what sure. y'all do. Yeah. So we'll, we're uh, stationed right here in Nashville, so uh, yeehaw. So it's fun to be at the conference here in your hometown. And so Strategy Core, we've been around since 2001. Uh, we have two primary toolboxes. Um, I'm an ex-banker. I'm also a mathematician. And so I built a model. We, do, we take an, a data extract from the bank. Um, banks have a lot of information. They don't always apply that information uh, as well as they should. So we take the data. Um, we use some algorithms to household to find out who's connected to whom. And then based on those connections, we calculate this thing we call a checking score, which stack ranks the bank's households from the biggest ones all the way down to the tiniest ones. And then we have some strategies that help the banks um, um, protect the people that are at the top end of the, of the group and lift the contribution from the underperformers. And I'm going to steal the question he asked last time. Is, is there a sweet spot or do you all scale up for as big as whatever and you can scale down for? Yeah, yeah. So we have worked with teeny tiny banks with a branch or two. Um, we've worked with banks as large as $100 billion. But the sweet spot is really that 500 million to about 15 billion in assets. Uh, our largest client today is about 20 billion. So as a, you know, as a, as a bank engages with Strategy Core, mm-hmm. um, our um, statement over and over has been actionable. That's right. So, so what does a bank, in just a few words, or as few words as you can use, I know it's a complex yep. um, service that you guys provide, when, when a bank engages you, what do they walk away with? Yeah, yeah. so the checking score report um, organizes the, the households in such a way that um, I think fits with most bank strategies which are related to relationship banking, right? So that's what we're all trying to do. So the challenge is not understanding that, um, that relationships are important or that all accounts are not created equal. The question is, who is whom? You know, wh- how do you find people, sort them, connect them? So when we've got this line of people in the checking score report that we deliver, then we use our second toolbox, which is called Bazing, and it's a, uh, an app. Uh, we deliver it as a companion app to the bank's mobile banking app, and it's stuff full of non-traditional benefits. So we have local merchant um, discounts in every town in America. We're approaching uh, 400,000 deals. Um, all of them are location aware, so there's a geofence around every one of them. So if you've got my Bazing app on your phone, you walk into a place where we have a discount and 
we pop the coupon up on your phone automatically so you don't have to think about it. So can you have the Bazing app without banking with a bank that has the Bazing app? Nope. Okay, so it's exclusive to the bank that that has it. You have to be a client of of one of our uh, banks, a customer at one of our clients in order to have the discounts that are associated with Bazing. So Dave, you know, even inside or outside of Strategy Core and what it does, what are you hearing in the marketplace? Help educate um, our listeners and and those around the conference of, you know, what, what are hot Hot yeah. button words right now. What what's going on in, in bank marketing? Yeah, right I'll give now? a summary. I'm actually speaking on Tuesday morning. I'm doing a power breakfast session that's called "What's Next for Mobile Banking," and so the the gist of my session is that you know I get a chance to go around and meet people all over the. <laughs> is that Garth Brooks? Yeah. He's a big he's a big Bazing fan. I've heard so. This is. Welcome everybody to Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you guys. Hey, Look brother. in the camera right there and, yeah. and welcome them to Nashville. Yeah, there it is. Oh, Nashville! Yeah! <laughs> this is as close to Garth Brooks as I've gotten. Yeah, that's some... That's, this, is Gar- this is Garth Brooks. Yeah, good to see you, sir. Welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. Don't have fun. Sorry to No, that's absolutely. Right. Come on over. I have friends in low places, so... <laughs> <laughs> So, so Tuesday morning yeah, at one so time. Two, so yeah, bring us back in. Yeah, so okay. you're talking Tuesday about the, ne- at the next thing in mobile banking. Yeah. Is that yeah, where yeah. I go? So Tuesday morning, my session's called What's Next for Mobile Banking. And so the idea is that, look, I go around. I, I um, have a chance to meet bankers from all over the country. And um, if I'm honest, I pick on, on the industry a little bit. I talk about all these apps that I'm just personally downloading and testing and trying out and trying to figure out what's important to consumers and what the threats are to our industry. And, you know, I talk about these apps and a lot of times I get that deer in the headlights look back at me like they have no idea what I'm talking You're about. talking about like P2P, things yeah, like that? Yeah, just, you know, people hear about these apps. Like, you know, you've heard of Venmo, right? Right. Okay, have you done a Venmo transaction yes. on your phone? That's good. All right, there are other apps like um, Digit, you know, that one of the RoboBanks, have you hooked up Digit to your account and let it do its thing? And so... You know, we're, we're informed guys try to be ahead of the game and understand where the trends are going, but there aren't enough of us that are doing that. Downloading the apps, testing them out, and seeing how they work. So what I'm going to do in this session is that I'm going to talk about some of those things, the things that are happening that I think um, bankers are sometimes not paying enough attention to. And rather than just uh, putting bullets on a slide, uh, I'm going to demo all the apps live on my phone. Fantastic. So put them on the screen, show how awesome. they work talk about what the context of how it's changing the minds of consumers and and then how I think we need to respond as an industry to stay paced so with what's happening. So I guess it may be banking, it may not. Give me your three favorite apps. My three favorite apps. Waze is probably one because you're Waze, a Nashvilleian and you got a, this it place. Is, yeah. It's just a traffic nightmare. Yeah, I, that's, that's one that I talk a lot about yeah. that um, I say if, uh, if you uh, try to take Waze off my phone, I'll wrestle you on the ground right now. <laughs> so I like it because it's not just a turn-by-turn direction app, right? It routes you automatically around accidents. And it's social. It, it's social. It learns um, aspects of your favorites. Like, I'm a traveling guy. And so, you know, when I leave the office in the middle of the day, um, it doesn't say, hey, are you headed home? It says, are you headed to the airport? Because I'm headed to the airport a lot. So that's one of my favorite apps. Um, in the banking space, I'm going to be showing one on Tuesday that's called Digit. Have you guys heard of that one yet? Yes. It's one of the, the robo savers. And, um, you know, I think we all fancy ourselves as financial advisors in our industry. But, you know, some of these, I call them born digital um, companies are 
They're thinking outside of the box and just reinventing what it means to give financial advice. So, so I downloaded the Digit app. Um, I gave it access to my checking account. Now there's there's a little a fear in that. There's but a leap of faith that, but it's FDIC insured. It's an account. And Does so, that set it apart? I mean, um, is, is Digit? Yeah, almost all of them are either are, backed by or okay. yeah. And so once I gave it access there, then that was it. I, I didn't I didn't have to do even a single thing. I didn't have to set a goal. I didn't have to uh, describe um, you know any patterns in my life. It just instantly analyze my spending patterns to try to find opportunities to help me save. To, to name none of the other competitors to ditch it, I will say the setup can be trying on, yeah. on these apps. Yeah, yeah, and so, so, so some of them are interesting. So I like Digit because it was the easiest. So I just mm -hmm. set it up and now um, I left it on for a couple of months. And so what it does is it analyzes your spending patterns, analyzes your income patterns, and to me, what it's done is it's cleaned out that extra amount of cash that I kept in my checking account that I really didn't need to have sitting in a, in a, in a checking right. account. And, uh, you know, banks have been doing this. Like Bank of America had the roundup savings. You remember Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah. But it takes a long time to build any appreciable amount of savings when you're doing it a few pennies at a time. So I just looked this morning, and uh, the last three transactions for Digit that it took out of my account um, in the last three days... A $38 uh, transaction, a $40 transaction, and a $50 transaction that it scrubbed out of my checking account to deposit in savings. So, and then I can tell it based on it, how it's behaving, whether I want it to be more aggressive or less aggressive. Right. And I do that just by sending a text to the... Actually to the using software, intelligence within yeah. the software. So it's amazing. And then one of the other ones um, that I'm uh, testing a little bit in that regard is called Penny. Have you seen that one? I've not seen. I've not one. heard of Penny. Yeah. So Penny works. It's a it's a similar kind of arrangement. And what's unique about this one is that I think that that Penny it's a that has a little icon of a woman on it. She's anticipating some of the um, security fears that consumers have. So when you download Penny, it's the same thing. She wants access to your checking account, so she asks for it. And you can say either, yes, I'll give you access, or no, I'm not sure I want to do that. And if you say, no, I'm not sure I want to do that, she starts to present you and ask you, well, why? Well, what, are you, what are you concerned about? Let me talk you through how we're managing some of those security concerns. And it's done in a natural language way, and I'm An app that actually builds trust. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's, it's really cool. So I'm going to demo some of those apps on Tuesday. And, and uh, help us, I think, step outside of our boxes and think about what it means to provide advice. So, Davis, we have to wrap up for a yep. local announcement here. Um, two things. One, give us one, you know, the, the Strategy Core website and why yep. someone should visit it. Two, ABA Bank Marketing Conference. Why should, should we attend the ABA Bank Marketing Conference? Yeah, so you can, you can find us at strategycore.com. Uh, you can uh, take a, a dive through our uh, two toolboxes and one of the fun things that we do we go out on the street and do some uh, interviews with people we I've seen those they're good the man on they're the really street good. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're really funny and uh, um, I'm going to show one of them on Tuesday but we went out and um, uh, I'm challenging people to learn the language of technology so we're goofing off and trying to see uh, you know people like us that are not millennials if we can speak the language of millennials so we're asking people what different kinds of millennial phrases. So we have a, we try to not take ourselves too seriously and goof off. So go check out our customer research videos. And then 
Um, what I love about um, the ABA Bank Marketing Conference is just the people. And so I've gotten to know so many people over the years that come back, new people every year, record attendance. I think our, our message is more important than ever. And um, I think what better way to get together with people that care and, and learn. All right. Well, we appreciate Dave. Yeah. Dave DeFazio from Strategic Corps coming on here at uh, marketingmoney.com and marketingmoneypodcast.com. And we look forward to hearing you tomorrow morning at breakfast. Tuesday, Tuesday morning. morning. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday morning at breakfast. There's, there's a lot of stuff packed in here, so it's hard the for me to keep it breakfast. straight on the agenda. That's great. But we do have an app that tells you that. But yep. So Tuesday morning, we're going to learn all about mobile banking and the apps that are out there from Dave DeFazio at Strategic Corps. Appreciate you coming on the show. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. And here we are with Rebecca, Angelic Rebecca, and the lovely Lauren. And I looked at the wrong one at the wrong time. So, uh, <laughs> but we, we've just met them. Don't ever let anybody okay. know that. They can't see us all. And, and I can't see their name tags where I'm sitting. So I'm remembering Lauren Rebecca Bank from of, Bank of Missouri. And Bank of Missouri. Cape Girardo. You nailed it. Missouri. Some I like to call it misery, but we do not. No, 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 no it's no, a beautiful, no. beautiful state. Awesome. All right, so I see speaker on your name tag. What's, what you speaking about? I am speaking about the power of paid social at 3.30 tomorrow. The power of paid social at 3.30 yes. tomorrow. Come see Listen Rebecca. Up. Power of paid Schnurbush. social. Rebecca Schnurbush. Good job. That's a lot of letters, and a lot of people are too intimidated to try. <laughs> well, hey, I'll, I'll jump off in there at any time trying to pronounce somebody's right. name. So 3.30? Quick preview. Yes. Quick, Give us a preview. Okay, quick preview. Moderated by Ben of Social Assurance, we have one speaker talking about beginner level paid social sponsored posts. And then we are talking about the next level PPC in social media channels. Ah, interesting. Doesn't matter the size of the bank. Rebecca will have a tip for everyone. I promise you. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Are you, are you speaking too or are you just there for support? I'm moral support. So tell me about your roles at your bank. Bank of Missouri. So I actually manage the social media for the bank, and I also help out with corporate communications. Um, but I wanted to attend this conference, so Rebecca got to have that job. <laughs> We're being truthful here. <laughs> is this your first time? It is my first, first time. time. It's a great conference. My first time as well. Really? So, so, so tell just, us about what you love about it. About the job or about the conference? Yes. About the conference. Okay. We'll, we'll go with conference first. We'll come back to job in a minute. I, in addition to the amazing sessions this afternoon, have really enjoyed What's meeting. What's your favorite session so far? Mm, oh, call. well, call. I am a music lover, and I attended the music, the yeah, music and marketing session moderated by Marketing I, I Money. I it was okay. It if was it wasn't, fantastic. don't say anything. No, it was fantastic. Just, yeah. that, that's what we call a layup in yes, the industry. Yes, thank you. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you. it was fantastic. Good, good. Yeah, it was good to get those guys in there. So, first year here, so going to the parties tonight, and then all the... Fun sessions, and then you go out again the next night. It's good networking. You all enjoying it so far? Exactly. When did y'all get here today? Morning. Did you get here today or yesterday? We just got here today. Really? Yeah, I attended. My favorite one was the uh, a video bank, Team yeah. Smarties. Good thing going on. I also got my own Max, my own little piggy bank, little stuffed guy. But you only certain people got a Max, so I feel very lucky about that. It's a very big deal. Mm -hmm. So Lauren and Rebecca, this is your chance. We are the guys who put ourselves out there, marketingmoneypodcast.com. Mm -hmm. 
What's the question you've always wanted to ask about bank marketing, but you were just too afraid to ask? Or too bored. Hardest thing you've ever had to sell online and why? Okay. I, 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 can tell, I can tell you, and it's a simple one. It's online account openings because everyone's gone mobile, and it's the core provider that we use. It's hard to translate the design and layout to a mobile phone. And then secondly is just the demographic we're in, getting them to think they're actually spending money and opening money on an account online. So if it's an online product, I would say just simply the checking account. Because, I mean, the other stuff, signing up for an e-statement or online banking, that's kind of known to do. But to actually originate the account online is a challenge and for us, at least. Now, somebody else may be killing it, but for us, that's that's been a, been a challenge. Hey, I feel better about that because I know we deal with that, too. So thank you for that. Absolutely. <laughs> so difficult to get people to move from their current behavior. Good. I'll tell you, you ladies, a, a quick story about interviewing a group of millennials in this very town in Nashville. Um, all of the group, we asked them what was their primary reason for choosing a bank. You know what the number one answer was? Mm, convenience. Location. Mm. So then I, I, I had to dig deeper and I said, okay, well, location. How many of you have been into your, your bank branch in the, in the past uh, six months? And they were like, where's the Are, ATM? Yeah, or I what? Mean, no, no, I mean, <laughs> not even that. I'm sorry, I went 90 days, no hands, six months, year, no hands. They actually got angry with me because I kind of challenged them. What we learned from that is they, need, they wanted the branch just in case that they needed it, but they were doing their banking online. But again, originating those accounts online is absolutely incredibly difficult. So flip side, what's the most fun or engaging, I don't know if those would go hand in hand, thing you've ever had to market online? Well, my favorite moment here, and I, it's hard to show without the visual, was we had a we were in a merger deal one time. We had a bank come after us and run a campaign uh, that said "Lost Your Bank" because the bank name was changing. And so we flipped it and did a campaign against them called "Found My Bank," oh, that's and they cool. ran against each other. And of course, they stopped their campaign right afterwards because they we were being aggressive against them. But it gave us a platform. And so what I tell folks when I when I speak, like you are, as I say, marketing is almost about opportunity as much as tactics. And that gave us, when it hit the marketplace, the branch management of, of our market in that area, we're all scared. Oh my gosh, they're coming after us. So this is a great opportunity. So we say fun. It was fun because I got to, I was challenged into being creative on going a, against somebody who gave me wide open range to just fire back mm -hmm. completely left themselves open yeah and you don't get that a lot a lot of times it's a product this but this guy had a campaign that I actually had to market against something and it, it was fun and it you was bring fun. up a good point whenever there's an acquisition that is always a marketing opportunity right yeah, absolutely and you have to be in tune with what's going on in your market you must treat it that way i mean yeah. if you shy away from it and, and let someone else tell the story you will yeah. find yourself on the losing end of that deal. We had a billboard uh, in one regions of our state where we market, and our slogan was, since 1891, we've changed our name once. And then we were looking at that, and we got actually good feedback from it, and we were like, well, why can't we put that on social? Why can't we put that in other pieces of our marketing? And I guess I share that knowing that that was a lesson for us, that sometimes we know what the marketing request form says coming in from the branches, mm -hmm. but sometimes we need to think, how can we use that piece of content and make it work for other things and make the work for us be more efficient and save some time? Well, so <laughs> well just um, you know, having that brand messaging out there, that consistency, the... the um Frequency, the repetition of that brand message will enhance all of your offering. And again, and coincidentally, 
make the job a little bit easier. Amen. We, we have a we have a core <laughs> message. I think that's a collective amen. Everybody amen. on the count of three, amen. Amen. So we miss. So social media. Tell us what social y'all are on at Bank of Missouri. Is it are, y- are y'all Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? You're nodding your head. Are you all, or do you focus on two? Like, because that's what I think. That's a big bank social challenge. Is do we pick one and try to own it? Or do we pick five and just kind of tiptoe into all of them? Like, tell me what I need to know to do that. I think we are definitely trying to find that balance. We've been asked by the branches, hey, can we get on Snapchat? And I'm sitting here thinking, I know we need to do it, but I'm struggling with the auditing piece, trying to figure that out. I want to do it. I'm a huge advocate, obviously, of doing it, but that's our newest channel that we've not introduced. We okay, are vendors, make an audit plug-in for Snapchat. <laughs> Make of <a> misery. <laughs> But uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. What am I leaving out? Our blog. So you're right, though. Do you guys buy content for your blog, or do you do it yourselves in-house? We do it ourselves. Really? That's us. Mm -hmm. So how often, what's your cycle? How often are you trying to create a new blog? We need to do it more. (laughs) We would love to. That's that's a universally true answer. I think with every channel, you have these big, robust ideas, if I'm being perfectly candid, which I think that's what this discussion's about, right? Right. It's like you have all of these ideas, and then you go to actually launch it, and you realize, okay, this person isn't submitting things on time, or I need some help with that content. So marketing is certainly a team effort, and and we need to explore that a little bit more. So tell us about a win for you guys. What's the biggest marketing win you guys have experienced in bank marketing? Other than every Friday when you get paid. Amen. (laughs) Do you want to talk about like a video that's performed well? Just something that you just went into and, you know, whether or not you you believed, you know, we don't launch things that we think are going to tank, right? But but maybe just something you're like, heck yeah, I I killed it on this. Okay, I have an idea and I'll let you think of that. Okay, go ahead. We launched a campaign. It had a good mix of traditional and non-traditional digital social channels. It had all the elements that were going to work in marketing, right? But an added benefit to that was our employee engagement. And we didn't even try to plan for that. We didn't know that it would happen. But I would argue after that campaign, we have seen our employee engagement on social media probably double. And it's been amazing. And we can put out a piece of content, admittedly, that Rebecca and I are like, oh, I don't know if that's our best post ever. And our employees will share it and like it and just go crazy with that it. Inverse, and that's what we want. That inverse proportion is strange. You you mail something in at the nth hour and... Uh, and, and then like, holy cow, it wow. caught fire. And then you, you put your blood, sweat, and tears and heart into something. Rebecca, what's your victory? You know, I was thinking of a re- most recent one, at least, as we launched Pay a Person as part of our bill pay product. And, you know, we're computing with PayPal and Venmo. And so our expectations were pretty low, really. We did the full campaign around it. It was in every channel. We wrote blog posts around it. And, you know, I was looking at the amount of money being transferred in that in that channel. And it's really not bad for just starting off. I think that was a good retail product success for us, too. What do you, who's your partner in your P2P program? Well, we're a Jack Henry Bank, and so okay. it's part of, you know, it's just part of their, their real products. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we talked about getting content, gathering content being a challenge. What are some other challenges? And, and you know, tell us, let me ask it this way. What's a challenge that you've had historically and maybe you, you've overcome it? You turned the corner on it. Really bad photos submitted. Yes. <laughs> bad photos. That's that's Bad photos. Can we all agree? It we just we have smartphones. Let's take a good photo. Come on, Pete. So, so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, well, there's three things in the bad photo market. There's one is 
it gets like too local yokel, like it's someone in the branch doing something that's like, and there's security issues, but it's too local. Then there's the complaint of why didn't it look better from the person in the photo, which is like I can't photo even if it's shop a professional. You. Yes, even if, if it's yes. a professional so, photo, no one's yeah. ever happy with their own photo. No, never. I mean, I want more hair and a better chin line, and just it never happens. You know, but, I want, oh, yeah, just. Well, anyway. and, and I do try to remember when events are going on, I, I realize people are busy and they're like, oh, I'm just going to snap off a few photos and, and submit them to marketing. But man, a picture says a thousand words or sometimes it doesn't. So have you ever been, <laughs> have you been able to turn that corner and give some, some tips and hints to make those better and get those um, photos uh, better from your branch employees? It's a goal for 2017. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, a picture's worth a, a thousand words, a video's worth a thousand oh, pictures. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Twenty-four times a thousand. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I was waiting for it. Times twenty-four times the amount of time, times the number of seconds, times a thousand. <laughs> that works. It's, that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? Anything else you want to leave us with? You said you wanted to be a broad. You wanted to be a broadcast major at some point or something. I or was word. actually. You were. Yeah. She was on the morning news. Mm-hmm. You were. Yeah, for almost a decade. So, and now I found banking. I'm so glad. I don't know why I didn't do it earlier. So, <laughs> can you still? So, we are marketing money podcast. Can you do a sign off? Yes, I can. Okay. Marketing money, making your money and marketing work for you. I, <laughs> I don't know what I, you're I, saying. I, I can't beat that. So <laughs> four mic drops. So four mic drops. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Rebecca from Bank of Missouri. We'll have you all live on the podcast very or, or recorded and out li- from we this live conversation. Live. Yes, recorded. And Rebecca, live. tomorrow, give us one more plug for yep. your. Uh, give us your pitch. Three thirty. The power of paid social. Come learn how to make social media work for your bank. Boom. All right. Y'all have fun at the conference. Thanks for participating in Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.